great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Good morning. Good Tuesday morning. Dominic Carter with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I have shared with you folks in the past that I have basically done it all as a journalist for the last close to 40 years. But as I've also talked about, the one thing I can't do, I just can't do it on an emotional level, is cover the funerals of infant children, the caskets. I I just can't do it. I can't look at them knowing that little babies are inside those caskets, and it's just so unfair that these infants, toddlers, children are not being given even an opportunity at life. I just can't do it. And so this morning, I'm having an awfully difficult time looking at a photo that's out in the media of a three-month-old dead baby girl. If you've read my book, No Mama's Boy, as Curtis Lewa has talked about discussing my mother's own mental illness, maybe it's my history with child abuse. Maybe it's my own history with child abuse. The fact of the matter is, I could have easily have been this child. Easily. And I'm having a hard time looking at her photo this morning. The innocence. This as the father of this three-month-old girl found dead in a trash wooded area near Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, an area I know well grew up in the shadows of Yankee Stadium, was turned in by his own dad. By his own father. I wonder, would of all of us, would all of us have the same courage? In Chicago, here we go. An annual ritual. Where are you, Black Lives Matter? Where are you, civil rights leaders? In Chicago, at least... 44 people shot in Memorial Day weekend gun violence, 10 of whom were fatally shot. What do we hear from the brand new mayor in Chicago? Excuses. It's not their fault they're killing each other. I'm not judging here. I'm stating facts that are often omitted in news accounts. The situation in Chicago, the shootings done by African Americans, and just a short time ago in Hollywood, Florida, the same exact thing. At least nine shot, including minors, a one-year-old child as Memorial Day gunfire erupts on a packed Florida beach for Memorial Day, a time when we acknowledge the men and women of our military. I want you to listen to this. ABC7 in Chicago bears repeating 44 people shot this weekend 10 fatally. Some of the shootings happen to be drive-bys, 
Some of the shooting victims, a 59-year-old man, a 57-year-old woman, and it gets even worse, a 77-year-old man, 77 years old, were all hit and transported to local hospitals. Listen to this report, folks. With the Chicago affiliate, it's ABC7. It was a violent Memorial Day weekend here in Chicago. I caught up with Mayor Brandon Johnson at an unrelated event today. He says we have a tremendous amount of work to do, but was encouraged to see people coming together over the weekend in hopes of building a safer Chicago. We definitely have to come together as a community to continue to work on this. Uh, We are in a state of emergency. This Memorial Day weekend left 10 people dead, 44 others wounded in shootings across the city. Overnight, a triple shooting in the 9100 block of South Harper. A 59-year-old man, 57-year-old woman, and a 77-year-old man were all shot while standing on the sidewalk. We have a lot of work to do in the city. Poverty didn't go away over the weekend. Like we understand that when communities have been disinvested in and traumatized, that you're seeing the manifestation of that trial. Mr. Mayor, you need to be ashamed of yourself. You're pointing fingers. What you're really saying, translation, is that it's not their fault, it's white people's fault. That's what he's really saying in cleaned up, colorful language. The brand new mayor in Chicago. But where you at, Black Lives Matter? Where are you, civil rights leaders? In Hollywood, Florida, a one-year-old shot. Innocent people walking around shot at least nine. A shooting sparked just a few hours ago when two groups got into an altercation, according to police at a press conference. Where are you, Black Lives Matter? I don't hear you. Oh, It doesn't involve a police officer, a white police officer, so you're not interested? Where are you, civil rights leaders? Black people killing black people. 44 people, and it's expected that number's going to go up. 44 people shot this weekend in Chicago alone. Ten of them dead. We are going to open up the phone lines. We still have a number of stories to get to this morning. The diff- the number is a bit different this morning, 833-969-4447. Where are you, Black Lives Matter? I, I hear crickets. That number again, 833-969-4447. CUNY, CUNY, the City University of New York, needs to get its house in order. So just recently, first we had the Machete professor at Hunter College, an adjunct professor. She's been criminally charged, waving a a machete near the face and neck of a New York Post reporter and photographer, chasing, chasing the photographer. Now, if that's not enough, outraged critics are ripping CUNY the City University of New York, for a graduate hate-filled commencement speech demanding billions in tax dollars be stripped. And in this speech, and I'll, I'll break it down for you in just a moment, but in in this speech to the law school, The speaker is denouncing, in horrible terms, the NYPD and Israel. And Israel. I want you to listen to what Congressman Richie Torres has to say about this. I'm quoting in which he says, Imagine being so crazed by hatred for Israel as a Jewish state that you make it the subject of your commencement speech at a law school graduation. The congressman is on point. He's on point there. 
You know, folks, I have given college graduation speeches as well as high school graduation speeches in New York. On the college level, uh, I, I delivered a, a, a keynote address at Yeshiva University, their school of social work, and also at Hostos Community College in the Bronx. I always thought, I always and still believe a commencement speaker is supposed to be positive, upbeat, looking to the future, encouraging graduates of what's possible within their lives. It should not be a speech based on your hatred, based on your hatred of others. And so this young lady was just graduating from the law school. Her name, Fatima Musa Muhammad. She called for a revolution to take on the legal system's white supremacy while blasting New York City cops and the U.S. military and claiming Israel carries out indiscriminate murder. I've been to Israel several times. Israel is trying to protect herself. Israel is trying to protect her people. It's a difficult situation in the Middle East. Why would you get before graduates, and the graduates selected her, why would you get before graduates yourself and deliver a speech like that? CUNY has to get its house in order. I don't know what's going on. The migrant mess continuing. 40 migrants from New York City have arrived in Albany, Officials there and Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan uh, is declaring that the city welcomed the rivals, but she seems to quibble with the Adams Administration Hotel selection for the migrants. Some Albany officials are calling it organized chaos. Organized chaos. I'm going to break down that story in the Bronx. Three-month-old baby girl dead. Three-month-old. It is breaking my heart this morning. I can't be any more clearer, and I cannot hide how I feel. And it's the the father um, that that um, allegedly did this, and it is his father that turned him in. Would we have the strength to do that, to turn in a family member, a son? accused of something like this. I'm going to break all of this down, but I want to start with your telephone calls this morning. The number to reach me, 833-969-4447. You can also reach me and follow me on Twitter at Dominic TV. You can send me a uh, email, dominic.carter at wabcradio.com. Let's start with the uh, telephone calls. Let's begin with Al and Yonkers. Good morning, Al. What's on your mind? Oh, good morning to you, Dominic. You know, Dominic, the problem in Chicago is, unfortunately, it's going to be another long, hot summer. You have too many young, uh, young people with guns, uh, too few jobs. And unfortunately, it goes back to, I'd say, uh, 1987, when Harold Washington became the first African-American mayor of a Rust Belt city. Uh, these neighborhoods that he was trying to invest in, uh, you know, were bad then. And unfortunately, his successors after him, they've invested too much uh, in downtown and the loop. And unfortunately, these neighborhoods have gone from bad to, uh, to slums. So it's, it's a problem that's gone back a long time, and the problem now is out of hand. But, Al, where, where I disagree with you, first of all, you've got to invest in the business community and business areas for the tax base, base to bring in the tax dollars. It must be done. And, That's right. you, you know, we, 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 and I'm not accusing you of this, we pretend that money is not being invested uh, in communities of color. It, it is. The, yeah. the fact of the matter is this, Al. And uh, I'm going to say what needs to be said. And um, I don't take any glee in in saying this, but 
civil rights leaders have got to step up. How long, yes. you know, everybody, everybody within the sound of my voice, let, let's, let's call it for what it is. When these things happen, everybody goes, oh, my God, uh, African-Americans shooting African-Americans again. Let me pretend, let me pretend that I don't know who's behind this. Let, let me act like we, like we don't know. At some point, we've got to yes. be honest and and then because we can't Al, we can't fix the problem as long as we continue to sugarcoat it. And so all I'm saying is that something has to give. I mean from Chicago to Florida, a Memorial Day celebration on a on a boardwalk. And you're telling yeah, me you, yeah. you have you have you have two groups arguing with each other and you just indiscriminately uh open fire and hit innocent people including a one-year-old child. It's it's disgusting. Al, I'll give you the final word before I move on. No, I agree with you totally. I just think in regards to Chicago that if uh, Harold Washington uh, didn't die after winning a second term and an untimely death, uh, things might have been a little bit different with the city because uh, after he died... Uh, his successor did a lot of things a lot differently. So that's just the way it is. So uh, and hopefully the uh, situation in the wind, Windy City improves. Al, I appreciate your call. Thank you for reaching out this morning. Let's go from Yonkers to Suffolk. Let's say good morning to Robert. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Hey, you did good today with your uh, two X, four X hours. <laughs> <laughs> in in for Brian Kilme and also for Greg Kelly. Those guys, those guys work Robert hard for the money, uh, both of them. And so it was an honor to fill in for uh, each of them, as well as joining uh, our owner operators John and Margot Katsimatidis. And uh, I, I thank you, Robert. I'm going to give you a say in one second. A number of you have been very strong supporters of me. Let me be very, very clear. None of this, as it relates to my career, would be possible if not for Margot Katsimatidis, if not for John Katsimatidis. You know, if you have any downside to a person, I'm not the person to bring it up as it relates to them because, one, I don't see a downside being around them constantly a lot in, uh, in, in other functions. And they're really, really wonderful, wonderful people. Go right ahead, Robert. Yes, and uh, I really like what John had done in the morning show. Over four hours, he had, I think, uh, every host come on uh, with making an appearance on, on the radio. That was great, man. Well, yes, that that that's one of the programming uh, initiatives that, that he uh, undertakes What's on your mind, Robert, this morning? Well, uh, Chicago and like any other place in the country, it's going to take law enforcement, proactive policing Agreed. to solve these problems. Agreed. We can't be soft on crime. Agreed. People are getting hurt and killed every day. And there's really no good reason to let this lawlessness continue. But I, I, you know, Robert, I am thoroughly disgusted this morning at the new mayor for him to basically say that this is happening because of trauma. It's not their fault. It happens every Memorial Day. The only question is how many dead bodies, how many people were shot. And in this case, in this case, a 59 year old man, a 57 year old woman, and a 77 year old man. So senior citizens are not even safe standing on the street, not harming anyone. Yeah, there has to be a cultural change in the community. And that would go a long way towards helping to solve the problem. Now, I think vocational education is one way to go. Hmm. Well, Robert, I I do appreciate your call. Thank you, folks. We are taking your calls this morning. Dominic Carter here with you. A different number this morning, 833-969-4447. Again, 
833-969-4447. So every now and then, and we're going to get to uh, Norman and John in just a second, every now and then, I'll get calls from Harlem. Dominic, you know, you're, you're, you're demonizing the community. Well, we're those folks this morning. I would love to chat with them. I would love to when you have got the situation in Chicago, at least 44 people shot Memorial Day weekend, 10 killed. Just hours ago, Hollywood, Florida, they shoot up a boardwalk, a Memorial Day gathering, at least nine shot, including minors and a one-year-old child. John Freehold, New Jersey. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. I got a bone to pick with you, mister. I was on hold all day today during the Brian Kilmeade show and the Greg Kelly show. Both shows, the entire shows, you never answered my call. Well, John, I, y- so, your call was not up on my screen, and so I, I apologize for that. I still love you, Dominic. Oh, thank you, John. Love right to, back at you. What I wanted to say was uh, two points on the migrants uh, situation. One, I think the Democrats made a huge mistake in pandering to all these illegals coming in because their you think, John? You think? Are more, yes. <laughs> I mean, their, their values are they are more conservative, so they're not going to be voting for Democrats. They're going to be voting against them. So that's one mistake. And then I don't think people realize when you go to the emergency room to deliver a baby, if you don't have insurance, uh, last time I checked was like 10, 15 years ago, it was $50,000 to deliver a baby. If you do that times, you know, millions, that's a lot of money coming out of our pocket. Exactly. Exactly. Now, taxpayers are not going to pay that amount. I'm sure taxpayers will pay a discounted amount. But again, times it times a million. And like you said, John, on the health care front with migrants, there alone is a, a, a small fortune. That and and and, and, and and it's money that should be spent on veterans, on the elderly. I could think of a million reasons to spend the money on Americans and not one dime on migrants. Go ahead, John. Uh, um, just uh, What I wanted to ask you earlier today was, how do you feel about people saying Happy Memorial Day? I feel like it's a day to remember people. It's in memoriam. I don't think it's right to say Happy Memorial Day. Well, that, that, that's a point That's a point that Curtis Sliwa makes, that he feels uh, should not be said Happy Memorial Day. But I, I, I understand the criticism of that, but I also, I, I don't particularly have a problem with it, especially if, if you're saying Happy Memorial Day in terms of honoring our veterans, in terms of something, something positive. Uh, but but I, I can look at it either way, John. I do thank you for your call, and I do apologize that you were on hold during the uh, Brian Kilmeade show and the Greg Kelly show. And uh, I got to find a way the next time to make it up to you. Thank you for the call. Dominic Carter here with you, folks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, you know, I, I, my comment today was about the um, about CUNY. Uh, I'm a graduate of Brooklyn College. I graduated in the 80s. And they have always been a, a hotbed of uh, loonies. Uh, I mean, I remember when I was over extreme, extreme left. When, when I went to Brooklyn College, one of the professors was Allen Ginsberg, beat poet. He taught like regular English. And at the time, he was an a unrepentant member of the North American Man-Boy Love Association. Okay, so that was one. Um, I had a professor um, who was a former – I don't want to say his name. He was, he was definitely a Black Panther, and he used to talk about it. <laughs> you know? and, then, and I had another professor – who was a volunteer and um, uh, with the uh, with the Sandinistas in Central America and all that revolutionary activity? Brooklyn College and uh, CUNY has always been a hotbed for 
leftists and they love them, the more nutty, the, the better. Hey, Norman, I, I hear you. And by the way, this graduation speech by this uh, law school graduate was uh, May 12th. But I don't understand why you would get up there. Right. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I don't understand uh, why you would get up there and attack the NYPD, refer to the legal systems, quote unquote, white supremacy, blasting city cops, the U.S. military and claiming Israel carries out indiscriminate murder. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand why one would do that in a graduation speech. Mm. Well, I, I think it's uh, there's uh, nothing sacred anymore. Uh, there's nothing traditional anymore. Um, uh, she got she got uh, um, you know props from her friends and and her uh, the people around her. They said, "Oh, that's great. Go do it. Wow, you know that's that's uh, you know there's 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 no uh, there's nothing normal anymore, Dom." Well, since it's not normal anymore, right, then CUNY should have to answer for the billions in tax dollars, and critics make a strong argument that perhaps that money should be stripped. No one should be allowed yeah. to get away with hate, I, I, period. I think it should be, too, because they're, uh, you know, they're, if, they're, if they're pumping out, uh, you know, future revolutionaries, I, I don't, yeah, I think that they... Uh, Perhaps their money should be pulled. <laughs> well, Norman, we appreciate the call. Folks, I've got to take a break, but I see Chris is standing by in the Catskills. We're going to go to Chris. We're going to go to Pearl River. We're going to uh, go to Russ and White Plains. But first, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take those calls and more. The number to call this morning, 833-969-4447. Talk. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we started out discussing the father of that three month old girl found dead in a trash wooded area near Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. The father was turned in by by his own dad. Why would you do that to your own child and and put them in a trash area? I mean maybe maybe the father's trying to cover his tracks but turned in by his own dad after allegedly confessing that he panicked when he discovered his daughter stiff and cold in her bed. The 23-year-old father was taken into custody of the child after his father that turned him in consulted with a priest and decided he had to do the right thing and called the police about the death of of his granddaughter, of his own grandchild. The 47-year-old grandfather says he's trying to process this. He says that his son told him, and I've heard this story and speaking on this topic around the country. It's a familiar story. The father of the child told his father that the baby was doing a lot of crying that she wouldn't stop crying, and he just shook her and laid her down. And he laid down and went to sleep. And he got up, reached for her, and she was stiff and her body was cold. He panicked. He told his girlfriend, I think she's dead, according to police. The This is right in the shadows of Yankee Stadium, West 160. Uh, First Street, the Major Deegan Expressway, not far from the transitional housing shelter where the mother lived at with the child's dad, the mother 20 years old. The dad has been charged with 
murder and concealment of a corpse Monday night at the NYPD's 4-4 precinct. The baby's mother has also been arrested and charged with concealment of a corpse and obstructing governmental administration. How, how many of us, I, and I really do wonder, how many of us would be able to have the strength to turn in our own own child for allegedly killing our grandchild? A horrible situation. Let's continue with your calls on this and other issues this morning, a violent Memorial Day weekend in Chicago and Hollywood, Florida. Where are you, Black Lives Matter? Uh, right? No justice, no peace. Where Where are you? Where, where are you, civil rights leaders? Black people killing black people. And wounded in Hollywood, Florida, happen to be other races as well. Two groups arguing with each other. They they decide to open fire, just like the movies, except for people are shot, including a, a one-year-old child. Russ in White Plains. Good morning, Russ. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Have you heard the story that Curtis Lee brought up about a case on Long Island where a homeowner stabbed to death uh, a thief who was stealing his wheels off his brand-new car? No, I haven't. But what's the point, Russ? Well, Curtis brought it up, and it's in Bruce Blakeman's territory on Long Island. And the person who did the stabbing, who obviously didn't intend to kill the person but wanted to scare them off, he's now being held on a million dollars bail, and his name is Mejia. He's Spanish. And I think that could be the difference between him being called the hero, because, you know, in Long Island, you need your car to get to work. A car is absolutely essential. And if someone is stealing your wheels, you know, you got to go after him to defend your property, right? So how come he's in jail, but Penny's walking around, you know, like a hero? Okay, well, Russ, explain this to me. What is this great, because I had a funny feeling what this undercurrent was in your call. What is this great, this may be a strong word, but this great dislike that you have of this Marine? I don't have a dislike for the Marine. But I feel like when people are encouraged to take the law in their own hands, even when the police aren't available, that it's the, the next step to primitive violence. And people encourage primitive violence when they say he didn't have a choice, he had to do this, when he really did have a choice. I don't think this Marine is any great. What? What? Case, what okay, you know? wait, wait, wait. What, what was his choice? His choice, as I told you earlier, was to rabbit punch the guy in the kidneys. Jordan Neely would have been disabled immediately. This okay, okay, so wait, player. Russ, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That sounds yeah. wonderful, right? It sounds right. wonderful. But right. it's the it's the equivalent of uh, stating, who's your favorite football player in the NFL? Do you have one? Randall, Randall, uh, you know, Randall. Uh, okay, so I, I don't, I can't think of one off the top. It's the equivalent of saying that he shouldn't have thrown the ball across the middle. He should have dropped back. As he was being tossed, Tom Brady, as he's being tossed to the ground, he should have threw the ball 100 yards down the field. Russ, isn't it easy for us to sit back and state what could have happened? And and what, what if the Marine had punched him in the side, as you just said, and it, and it did not disable the homeless man, and the homeless man turned around and stabbed the Marine? Then what? Well, you're presuming he had a knife when he had a T-shirt on. The, 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 the lacrosse player was six foot one. Jordan Neely was hungry, homeless. He was a scale. He wasn't a threat to anyone there. And to kill an MFer, I am not an MFer, so I wouldn't feel like he's threatening to kill me. I think making this Marine a hero is doing a disservice to everybody in the public, uh, Dominic. And I think I, I wish you would reconsider. In Long Island, this guy's being held in jail because he's Spanish. The Marines walking out because he's white. Oh, oh wait, wait, Russ, it. come on now. I, I, I don't even yeah. know the case on Long Island. So because he's Hispanic, that means that's why he's in jail. Yes, exactly. If the homeowner was white and he came out and uh, stabbed a couple of Spanish guys and one of them died, I don't think he'd be in jail. I think they'd say, hey, he was defending his house and his property 
And, you know, what choice did he have? He was facing three people. The Marine only had Neely. He had two people helping him. If, it was, if Jordan Neely had a chance, he should have gouged out the Marine's eyes, and he'd still be alive, and that Marine oh, wouldn't be Oh, come on, prison, Russ. Which, Russ, you, hey, you, yeah. can't, you, can't yeah. really, you can't really mean that, Russ. I mean, oh, yeah, I do. What, Russ, if why George, would you wish that on a United States Marine that was simply trying to help other people? Why would you do that? Do you have that much hatred in your heart? He wasn't trying to help other people. He was overcompensating for whatever problems he had in All his right. own mind. And Russ, we- come on. Come on, Russ. All right, that's it. I'm done with you right now, Russ. We, we can talk another night. I can't listen to this nonsense anymore. I'm, I'm done with you right now. Overcompensating? This man put his life on the line. The, the homeless man could have pulled out a knife. Anything could have happened. He didn't have to step up. Russ, one of those people that he saved on that train could have been you. It could have been you. And you're second here. You're standing here second guessing this man simply because you don't like him. And everything is because of race. I want to throw up. Everything is because of race. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. Every single thing. I get sick of listening to it. Every single thing, the white guy got off because he's white. The black guy or the Spanish guy went to jail because they're black or they're Spanish. It can't be on the merits, huh? It can't be. It has to be for some racial problem. Russ, listen, I appreciate your calls. I really do. But the position that you are articulating is exactly why... In Chicago, 44 people were shot this weekend, 10 killed. It's why in Chicago this weekend you have a 59-year-old man shot, a 57-year-old woman shot, a 77-year-old man shot. You're going to tell me that's because of racism as well? Oh, well, the programs are not in the community. Give me a break, Russ. The Marine, this Marine, did not have to step up. He could have stayed in his position and been incognito. And if we never found out he was a Marine, then he would have never been involved. But he stepped up to help others, and now he's looking at a manslaughter charge and has had to raise all this money for his defense. And there is a possibility that if he's convicted, if, 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 a big if, he should not be, but if he's convicted, that he will end up going to jail. Chris in the Catskills. Good morning, Chris. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dominic. That's a perfect segue to uh, the subject I was going to bring up. Uh, Like last week, four to five days ago, I was watching ABC Nightly News. Two stories where actually all four of the participants happened to be black. One happened at a San Francisco Target where the security guard was trying to apprehend a shoplifter, and the shoplifter fought back with him. They were both wrestling. They were both men of equal size, and the shoplifter spit in his face and threatened to stab him. And the uh, security guard shot him and killed him with a gun. Uh, Target had fired the security guard, and they ripped up their contract, severed ties with the security company. Uh, the guy hasn't been charged yet, but there's it's okay, being investigated. So, so what's the point, Chris? What, what's the point? Well, okay, I'll bring up the other story, and I'll make the point. So the other story hey, Chris, was on I'm a, short on time. You, Chris, you can't go on forever. Please get to the point. Go ahead. I'm not going to. City, city bus in Charlotte, bus driver was black, ride, bus rider was black. He threatened, was starting to threaten and push the bus driver, pulled out a gun. He wanted to stop off in between stops. The bus driver had his own gun, and they exchanged gunfire. Okay, I, I got it. I got it, Chris. What, what is the point, Chris? I've got to hit a break. What's the point you're he trying? You're giving us history. Le- Wait, Chris. Chris, you're giving us history lessons about these two incidents. People can look look online for themselves. What is the point you're trying to make? 
Well, in the case of the bus driver, he wasn't allowed to defend himself, and he was fired. And it's a similar situation that appears the security guard probably crossed the line shooting and killing the guy, but the bus driver had every right to defend himself, and he was fired. And the city bus company, the city of Charlotte, said that, you know, he violated their policy. He's not supposed to defend himself. What would have happened if he had gotten shot? And these are situations where all four uh, individuals are black. So. Um, it's just something where well, there's if, a... if the if the in Charlotte and I'm aware of that situation, if the driver violated company policy, then he has to lose his job. I mean, I understand. And, and to his defense, he would say that someone pulled a gun on him. But if he violated the policy, he has to lose his job. I'm still not exactly understanding your point, Chris. You're saying that because all four are black. What? I'm not getting it. No, no, no. The point I'm trying to make is that it's. We're reaching a place in society where you don't have legal rights necessarily to defend yourself. Ah, okay, okay. Well, but again, in in, in Charlotte, if the policy clearly states that you can't carry a gun as a bus driver, and this bus driver had a gun, and we know he did because we saw the video. Thank you for the call, Chris. It's just I'm up against a break, which I've got to take, and the bus driver had a gun, then there goes his job. It really is that simple. Dominic Carter here with you folks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I see Gina in Brooklyn wants to respond to Russ, but first we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. We will be right back. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Former President Donald Trump was spotted in New York City on Memorial Day, flashing a wave as he emerged from his Trump Tower residence, apparently to go and play golf, dress head to toe in white, 76-year-old Trump, stepped out on Fifth Avenue shortly after 9 a.m., before being uh, whisked away to uh, one of his golf courses. Uh, Trump wore his trademark Make America Great Again hat for the Memorial Day outing. The 45th president arrived without much fanfare in the Big Apple, apparently on Saturday. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I just mentioned Gina in Brooklyn. Let's see what Gina has to say. Good morning, Gina. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Dominic, I I hate to criticize anybody, but listening to Russ was really like throw-up time. I mean, it's one thing, you know, to have compassion, but to over-identify with Mr. Neely and then act like you're, or sound like you're omniscient and you can judge the heart of Mr. Penny. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting to listen to all that speculating when it's just ridiculous that he could even say those things and make those comments. And what about the poor woman that had a broken nose and a, and a broken eye socket? I mean, Mr. Neely was a dangerous menace. And it's unfortunate that he lost his life in, in this horrific ordeal. But for us to be, like, it sounds like he's virtue signaling or he just, over-identifying with something that he doesn't even really know about. He wasn't there. Well, Gina, here's what I've found. Here's what I've found. People in particular, those on the left, none of us, we don't know what we're talking about. They're the only ones that know, and it's it's all based on race, no matter what the facts show, no matter how menacing the homeless man was. Uh, no matter how dangerous he was, no matter how many other people have been hurt, shot, murdered, pushed in front of a train, none of that matters. The only thing matters, Gina, is that a white Marine, let's call it for what it is, a white Marine uh, put this homeless man into a chokehold and the man died. And that's the only thing that matters, period. Well, Russ sounds like he's just a whining whiner. I, it's just very hard to listen to. 
Well, Gina, we we appreciate your call and thank you for your assessment. Have a lovely morning from Brooklyn to Nassau. Let's say good morning to John. John, what's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. You know, it's funny that she just said that because basically what I was going to say is if you were not in that subway car, how dare you call in and say that this man was not a threat? How the heck would you even know? Agreed. Agreed, John. I mean, you should just shut these people down. These people call in like they were in the car. It's ridiculous. And it's just good. you know what they're afraid of right now? They're afraid of a Bernie Getz coming, you know, a whole Bernie Getz thing starting all over again. So they have to find something on this guy and charge him with something so it doesn't turn into people start defending themselves all over the city because then it will be totally out of control. Right. And you, and and you know what's lost? Going on. What's lost in all this, John? Why? Why? Why are people defending themselves? No, nobody wants to deal with that part of it. Control. Right. Right. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Out of control. And, I mean, John, think about this for a second. Do you think this Marine needs this headache for his life to be upended in the way it has been? when he was simply trying to help. Do you think that this Marine said, I'm going to choke this guy out until I kill him? That's ridiculous. The The entire argument is ridiculous. It, it's unfortunate that it happened. But we, we, we have to put the puzzle together. And in putting the puzzle together, the Marine would not have acted if the homeless man was not doing what he did. I mean, that seems perfectly reasonable to me in terms of the actions, how it all went down. John, thank you uh, for your call. Folks, thank you. And, you, John, you have a uh, lovely morning. Coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano is standing by. He's all excited and ready to go this morning. But let's first, we're taking your telephone calls up until the top of the hour. The number to reach me this morning is a different number, 833-969-4447, Ask Carr in New York, what's on your mind? Yes, um, the reason I'm calling is um, the migrant situation. Um, the, all they have to do is uh, pull the foreign aid from the countries that the people are coming from. They're not feeling safe. They want to have an opportunity to to have the American dream and have the freedom of um, the freedoms that we have in our country, and um, those countries are getting um, massive amounts of money for foreign aid, pull their foreign aid, and um, and, and use that money on the on the on the states that they need it. Well, you, you know, you, I, I, I hear you ask, Car, but, but it's not that simple. And, and American interests have to be protected. A lot of that money is tied into specific American interests. I, I, it, it's not a bad idea. I, I wish it could be done. You, you know, before I let you go, ask, Car, because Frank is standing by here, I do want to ask you this question. How do you see this situation solved with migrants? At the end of the day, how does this all play out? Well, the, the people have the right to come to our country if their 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 freedoms are being violated. Their country? No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. They they have a right to come to the country legally. They do not have a right to just decide they want to come here like they're doing now. But go ahead. Okay, so accommodate them um, in a legal manner to get the free opportunity to get the freedom. Address the situation that's being done wrongfully in their country, right? And then um, if foreign aid has to be uh, taken from that country and used to uh, to fund um, the aid that's being given in our country, um, the process should be done. Okay. Well, I, you know, that that's interesting, and I, I uh, thank you uh, for your call. You have a lovely morning. Ascar calling from uh, New York. Dominic Carter here with you folks until the top of the hour. Joining us right now, Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello, Dominic. It's great to talk with you. I know you've been working around the clock. I heard a bit of your appearance on the uh, Greg Kelly show yesterday afternoon. You sounded great, as as you always do. Thank you. So what's our what's our collectively best 
uh, impersonation of Greg. Uh, let, let's see. Do you have one? I don't have one off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't know that. I, I No, I don't, actually. Okay. 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 Uh, you know, you know that Dominic Carter. Uh, 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 let's go. Let's let's go. To, let's go to the Bronx. Now, shut that call down. <laughs> That's my best. That's my best version. I like Frank. that. I can't wait uh, to hear I, I, Curtis Sliwa. We, 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 oh, Curtis Sliwa. Dominic Carter, your complexion is your protection. That, that's Curtis. That's pretty good. That's pretty hey, good. You know, you know that Frank Morano and Carter, that, now you know he's going to play back this tape, right? <laughs> those two guys, those two guys, they, you know, you know, they're calling it in and, you know, Morano and Carter and, and I'm going to go for 60 straight hours. That's Curtis. Well, who could blame him? He's got 60 hours to fill. He's got to come up with everything. He has most of his conscious thoughts on the air. So think about that. <laughs> hey, so uh, you had the day off yesterday. Did you do anything good? Uh, you know, I got to ca- spend some time with uh, with family and, uh, and, you know, went out to Long Island o- over the weekend and then uh, Kingston on Saturday. I got, got, uh, did a lot of traveling, but uh, got to spend a lot of time with family oh, and okay. friends. Now, wait a minute. You you were delivering some remarks in Kingston. How did that go? It, and what, it went great. It went great. Met a lot of listeners up there, a lot of big fans of yours up there. It was uh, really, we, we had very nice weather. Um, some traffic on the way that I could have done without, but it was uh, it was a great a great great gathering of folks up there. Now we're going to get to your show, but you also did a nationwide TV appearance recently. Oh boy, Dominic, I'm going to hire you to be my press agent pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I was on um, I was on with Dan Abrams Friday night on News Nation. That that was a lot of fun. He had me on for the whole hour as part of a panel. And uh, I really, I really have a lot of respect for Dan Abrams and, and what he's been able to do in media. And I enjoy his show. I feel like he's really a, a a fair arbiter and doesn't really try to hit you over the head with his opinions, whatever they are. So, Frank, you've done uh, national television quite a bit and local television. Do you still get nervous or no? Um, you know, I wouldn't say I get n- not really. No, I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I, I get nervous about certain things. Am I, uh, you know, am I looking at the right camera, that kind of thing? But as right. far, I don't really get nervous. Uh, oh, my goodness, am I going to freeze up on air? No, I don't think I do, no. So tell me what do you have coming up? I know I've used up all oh, the no, time, sure. but I was interested in what you I had appreciate to say. that. Go I right appreciate ahead. it. All right, uh, very quickly, it is still Mental Health Awareness Month, so we're going to talk with Peter Vox, retired school teacher and mental health patient who wrote a book, about his experience in a psych ward. It's a fascinating book, very important to keep in mind. The battle over AM radio, still very much with us. Michael Harrison is going to be here, the publisher of Talkers Magazine. And uh, yesterday was Memorial Day, so we're going to talk with paratrooper-turned-historian James Fenelon about a new book he's got about a fascinating aspect of World War II that I think some people may not be aware of. We're going to get into it. Folks, you want to keep it right there. Coming up right now, Frank Morano and the other side of Midnight. I will be back in 24 hours. But first, news headlines with Alex Barnard.